from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow, <clears throat> talking about Iowa. <clears throat> Frog in my throat. Been sneezing and coughing all week, fighting it back. <clears throat> anyway, Iowa, New Hampshire, politics. Sex lives and videotape down in Hotland in Georgia. Oh, my gosh. Hunter Biden finally caved in and says after his dumbass performance in front of Congress, I guess he's going to go and be uh, uh, detained under oath anyway. Anyway, we've got Joe Concha, columnist at The Messenger and Fox News contributor and author of the book with the greatest title in history. Come on, man. The truth about Biden's no good, horrible, very bad presidency and how to return America to greatness. How's that? And Mark Simone, Hall of Fame radio host, 710 WOR weekdays, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Gentlemen, welcome back by popular demand. Mark Simone, a poll out. Very interesting. Polls are polls, I know, but polls are kind of fun especially when they agree with you. But the Daily Mail did a poll after the Wednesday night fireworks, which was the Trump Fox town hall and the Nikki Haley, uh, Ron DeSantis, they fried each other's brains out, killing each other. Anyway, the Daily Mail did a poll for that night. 47% for Trump, 28 for DeSantis, 19 for Haley. Just shows how far Haley, her performance was so bad Wednesday night. And I will just add, uh, St. Anselm's did a poll in New Hampshire, uh, I think it was just out this morning or last night, that showed Haley's so-called progress has stopped. So I'm going to ask, I, I mean, these are poll. I don't know if these polls are any good or not. I don't have time to look at the insides of it. Uh, I'll leave that to my pal John McLaughlin. But the point is, Mark, I think Trump uh, Trump's position has actually been solidified by the events of the past week and I think his performance could be a turning point in his own campaign. What you think? No, I think Hillary, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Nikki. Uh, uh, whoops. Slip. <laughs> uh, Nikki Hillary there uh, is, is in trouble because uh, she's not a great debater. She's a little better than DeSantis, but that's not saying much. And he's been very effective uh, pointing out her lies. He's been running commercials all over mm. New Hampshire and Iowa. Uh, a montage of her saying one thing, saying another thing, contradicting herself, these flip-flops, these lies. She's kind of like John Kerry. When he first showed up, he was a very handsome, distinguished-looking, sort of a statesman-looking guy. Then as you got to know him, you realized he'd say anything, lie about this, lie about flip-flop on everything. She's got exactly the same problem. And once you get tagged with that, you can never get that stink off you. It'll be with her forever. And I think forever is about two more months, and then she's gone. Rand Paul coming out. Never Nikki. Do you yeah. see that? Rand Paul. <laughs> nice guy, Rand Paul. I know him personally very well. Easy going, good sense of humor. <laughs> never Nikki. Joe Concha, never Nikki. I don't know. What do you make of this story? Never Nikki. And tr did Trump solidify his position this past week? Well, the first question and regarding Rand Paul Look, that's not surprising. Rand Paul is very much like Donald Trump in terms of not wanting to get bogged down in foreign wars and all the money that goes along with it and obviously blood and treasure. So he aligns with Trump on that. 
He doesn't align, obviously, with Nikki Haley on that. And that's one reason why when we hear uh, these these rumors that Trump is strongly considering Haley, I get why he would, perhaps because of the uh, the women's vote uh, and the abortion issue. But then once you get to that war part and the fact that Nikki Haley appears to be more pro-war, obviously, when it comes to Ukraine, than Donald Trump ever would be, uh, who wants to negotiate a peace there, uh, then that's probably a non-starter at this point as far as Haley being the VP. Uh, overall, Donald Trump going into the Iowa caucuses, I mean, will weather be a factor is a question. I mean, I, I'm you know reading you know 10 below zero and blizzards and so on, uh, but I think that only favors Trump because Trump supporters, when it comes to loyalty, you can't find a more loyal group than those uh, behind the former president. Remember, he said he could go out to Fifth Avenue, Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and people would still support him. He was half <laughs> kidding, but he probably was right. So, uh, it, it looks very He'd rather not Iowa. bring that up nowadays, but interesting point. <laughs> Remember, Remember when he said that? <laughs> it was funny. Why am and I? Then, of course, MSNBC like goes ballistic. Oh my God! Talking about murder? No, he's making an analogy, but fine. Scarborough. Go ahead. Oh God, that's great. <clears throat> Mark Simone, <clears throat> um, there's an adjunct story here. Joe mentioned the weather. Uh, everybody's talking about Iowa's. I call it Iowa cold. Uh, Whatever happened? Where's John Kerry now that we need him, Mark? Iowa cold. Whatever happened to global warming? I mean, oh, oh wait a second. It gets cold in the winter and hot in August. But wait a second. We're spending trillions of dollars in subsidies. And by the way, Mark, there's a populist revolt against all this global warming stuff. Did you see the story about Hertz rental car? They sold off 20, all the 25,000 electric vehicles, took a $250 million loss because wow. none of their customers wanted to rent electric vehicles. Mark Simone, I ask you. <laughs> well, but the other part of that story, uh, another major reason to get rid of these cars is they're way too expensive to maintain. It yes. costs a fortune to maintain them. Yeah. And that's not something most people want to have to deal with, that, that added cost. Uh, you know... When they, when they started the cell phones back in the 90s, people kept their landline. They preferred that. But as they perfected the cell phone in the 2000s and it became so great, hmm. everybody lined up for miles to get them. They dumped their landline in a second. So if, if electric cars are going to work, it's going to have to do it organically, make them better and better and better until they attract people, get the cost cheaper and cheaper. But you can't force people into something that's 10, 15 years away from even being ready to use and, uh, you know, John Kerry's going to Davos this week. They have a big mm. globalist conference where it's just covered a foot of snow everywhere. <laughs> they notice that every year for the last 20 years, there's still the same amount of snow there. Nothing has changed. <laughs> every prediction these guys have made has turned out to be wrong. Go watch that Al Gore movie now. You'll laugh your head off. Everything he predicts was going to happen in 10 years never happened. Wow. Iowa cold. You know, it gets cold <laughs> in the winter. What a revelation. Where is John Pitt? Where is he now, now that we need him? Uh, Joe Conscious, it, 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 it gets cold in New Jersey, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Not today, is, necessarily. Not today. I, I took down the Christmas lights today, finally, because it was warm enough to do so. But we're going to have a snowstorm probably on Tuesday. Yeah, we have four seasons here. It's nice, and nothing has really changed since when I was growing up. But to your point, back to electric vehicles. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this. No one ever can explain how you charge these things if you live in an urban environment. Where are all the chargers? If mm. I live in an apartment complex, I'll even say Hoboken, New Jersey, right? We had some pretty big apartment complexes 
complexes there in the water where you can put 500, 1,000 people in some of these buildings because obviously the view is the best, some of the best in the world. You're going to put 1,000 chargers then in that apartment complex in the garage that's below it? No. And who's paying for that? So this whole notion in New Jersey, by 2035, they're only going to sell electric cars. Uh, the first thing we should do, Larry, Mark, put our money together, and we open up a whole bunch of car dealerships in Pennsylvania right on the New Jersey border, only selling cars that run on gas. We can make a fortune if John Fetterman and uh, the Democrats there don't stop us. But that, uh, you know what I mean? Like no one it, – it's all rhetoric, and no one lives in reality when it comes to these things. I, I, I just uh, – again, Democrats' rhetoric – is one thing, oh, open the border, well, we welcome all of you, and then the reality sets in, oh, our budgets are being blown up because we can't afford to take on all these people. Same thing goes for electric cars. Well, that's a good point. Grouping them together, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, more more movement uh, on the road to bankruptcy for the federal government. Um, you know, Mark Simone, you have said many times, and I still think it's true, uh, Donald Trump... Uh, running on illegal immigration way back when he started in 2015, then 2016. Um, didn't have much on it in 2020 because his policies worked. Now he's running it on again. I'm reading this interesting story by Brett Stevens. I don't know if you saw it in the New York Times. Uh, Brett Stevens is a smart guy. Uh, he does not like Trump, and he says so. But he's a pretty conservative guy. Anyway, one of the things he writes about is, you know, the case for Trump by someone who wants him to lose. A very interesting essay. And he said, you know, Trump got it right on the border and immigration and lawlessness uh, and uh, falling wages and so forth. And uh, he said the elites and the liberals didn't understand it. But um, Trump did. And he's running on it again. And it's a powerful force, Mark Simone. Yeah, there are a lot of issues, economy, all sorts of things, peace in the world. But the biggest issue in 2016, the one that put him over the top was the border. And he didn't have it in 2020. The problem has been contained. So you couldn't even use it in the election. That was the problem. The Democrats who want the open border for all kinds of reasons didn't think about what it would do election wise. Mm. It brought this issue back bigger than ever. It's a bigger factor now than 2016. And it's now in all the urban areas in the cities. You know, the urban voters who might not have gone for Trump have seen the, the chaos and the uh, economic disaster it's causing. So uh, don't be surprised if some blue cities turn out a lot more Trump voters than uh, 2016. There's a story on that. Um, I think it was this morning's New York Post that uh, Trump's going to campaign in New York. I know this has come up before. Breitbart talked about this. In their interview, Alex Marlowe's interview with Trump a week or two ago, but uh, he's going to make a run at some of these blue states, but the blue cities, Joe, as Mark just said, because people are absolutely fed up. Now, they want more money. I don't know if they want to close the border, but it all kind of gets mixed in, uh, you know, to an anti-illegal immigrant um, politics. We all remember Ronald Reagan went to Harlem. Right? People are like, what are you doing going to Harlem? What are you crazy? Oh, Campaigning there? Yeah. That, that was so smart. That's right now, he didn't win New York, of course. Actually, he did. Now I think about it. 1984, Ronald Reagan didn't win, yeah. did win New York and it, California. He won 49 states. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
Look, you look at Joe Biden's polling in New York, California, Illinois, and New Jersey, and even in those four states, his disapproval numbers are higher than his approval numbers. I mean, this is unthinkable. Mm. So it's smart. It expands the map. It forces Joe Biden actually to campaign outside of somewhere. It's like he's running for president of Pennsylvania, right? The only time he campaigns, it's once a week, it's on a Friday, and it's in Pennsylvania, so he could go to Delaware for the weekend. You can't win presidential elections by just winning Pennsylvania alone. So I think it's smart. Go ahead. Go for it. Because the black vote is leaving and Hispanic vote is leaving Joe Biden because of the immigration issue, because their jobs are being taken away and their kids are being taken out of school, being sent home to remote learning so we can put migrants in schools instead. And even in urban areas, that's a big no-go. That's some story. We're illegals better than our own citizens. No, you're right. That's some story here in New York. Uh, These were, I think, Joe, these were low-income kids principally, and they lost their spots, so they have to do uh, some kind of Zoom or, anyway, out of the classroom. You know, you mentioned uh, Fetterman as a throwaway before. Uh, I'm not as big as fan, but I must say Fetterman has come out with some very conservative-leaning notions. Mark, Mark Simone, are you ready to convert Fetterman to uh, free market capitalism and lawful borders and lawful streets? I mean, Fetterman's surprising people. I don't trust Fetterman for a second. If he came to your door selling something, would you buy it? I oh. just, no, he's he's stealing the uh, Joe Manchin playbook. Pretend you're a conservative here. Pretend oh. you're a Democrat there. Uh, try to cater to both sides. Uh, oh, Mark. He may be looking for that no labels uh, You're nomination. crushing me, Mark. <laughs> I love converts. <laughs> it's a Joe Manchin convert. <laughs> All right. You too. Let's take a break. Going to come back. Got much more to do. Sex, lies, and videotape in Hotlanta, Georgia. That's one of them. And we'll talk some more about the primaries in New Hampshire. Joe Concha, columnist at The Messenger, Fox News contributor, author of Come On, Man, The Truth About Biden's No Good Presidency, Mark Simone, Hall of Fame radio host, 710 WOR, weekdays at 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We are talking politics with Joe Concha, who's a columnist at The Messenger and a Fox News contributor and the author of the best title of the year, Come On, Man, The Truth About Biden's No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Presidency and How to Return America to Greatness. And Hall of Fame radio host Mark Simone, 710WOR, weekdays, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., uh, Mark Simone, let's go to Georgia. Let's go to Atlanta. It used to be called Hotlanta. I don't think it's Hotlanta anymore. But uh, Fannie Willis and her uh, paramour, lover, boyfriend, who it turns out, after getting all this money, whatever it is, 650 grand, 700 grand, Spent about eight hours in the White House getting coached on her racketeering RICO, which I think once again proves that all these attacks on Trump are coming from the White House, these legal attacks. Now it turns out her whole case may be blown up because of her um, malfeasance and bad judgment. What do you make of this, Mark? 
It's uh, the, the most corrupt place, this Fulton County. This is the same county that uh, drummed up charges against Martin Luther King, locked him up, threw away the key. The Kennedys had to rescue him out of that prison, and it's still going on in Fulton County. This, uh, you call him a paramour. (laughs) Cary Grant is a paramour. This is no paramour. (laughs) This is is some sleazy boyfriend, but uh, she pays him $650,000 a year. That would make him the highest paid government employee in America. Even Fauci never put himself on the payroll for that much. Uh, And these two eight-hour meetings with the White House that he's claiming – uh, if you were, you, they shouldn't even be briefing the White House. But if you were just briefing them, that's eight minutes. Eight hours is detailed planning. I've never had an eight-hour meeting in my life. And if if they weren't two eight-hour meetings, then he's defrauded the government with false billing. He should be arrested. And uh, where's the Attorney General of Georgia looking into this? He's a Republican. He should be investigating this. Well, you know, uh, on that last point, where's the Attorney General? Governor Kemp is starting to look into it. Jim Jordan chairman of the uh, House Judiciary Committee is looking into it because, uh, Joe, you know, um, this guy violated laws regulating the use of public monies, suffer from irreparable conflicts of interest, and have violated the oath of office under the Georgia Rules of Professional Conduct. I mean, this whole thing. And on top of that, there's a huge divorce case where Fannie Willis is, I guess, being called as a witness because she was somebody who brought down the marriage and gave the paramour money who didn't give any money to his wife or ex-wife. I don't know. I can't hardly follow this, Joe Concha. It's so complicated. I, I, there are no words. Right? It's just so <laughs> corrupt. Yes. Oh, I mean. That's the right paid, word. She paid her boyfriend more than $600,000 to try this case. He's never tried a case like this before. He is basically the Georgian version of Better Call Saul, right? He's an uh, ambulance uh, chaser, uh, right? Uh, so, and what, uh, what does he do with all this money that his girlfriend pays him? Takes the girlfriend, Bonnie Willis, to the Caribbean on two cruises, ritzy hotels in Florida, out to Napa Valley. So if this was on the other foot and this was somebody that was investigating a Democratic president, you would see on MSNBC and CNN, they'd have to expand their programming to beyond 24-7, which is a hard thing to do, but that's all they would be talking about, how she needs to resign and this case needs to be dropped. It's a ridiculous case in the first place, a RICO case, really. I mean, she's just throwing it out there, so it eats up the news cycle. So Donald Trump is in the news, not because of his stance on the border or on inflation or on energy and trade, but because he is Donald Trump, the defendant. That's all this is. I don't think she even has any prospects of trying to win the case. It's all about just distracting voters from the fact that Joe Biden is polling as horribly as as he is, and Donald Trump has the right edge in terms of solutions. So that's, uh, I would extend that because I think what Fannie Willis and her boyfriend, the, the non-prosecutor prosecutor who spent all this time in the White House getting coached by Joe Biden's people, this is one of those, Mark, that hurts Joe Biden. And it's just like Joe Biden's stupid, dumbass son who pulled another prank this week in front of the House Oversight Committee and looked so bad and hurt his father so bad that now they had to fold their tent. Abby Lowell's supposed to be such a smart lawyer. It's the dumbest thing I ever saw. And now they're going to go in and he's going to be, uh, he's going to be, uh, what's the right word? They're going to under, he's going to be called before the uh, committee deposed. and deposed. Right. 
is going to have to give a deposition under oath. So this stuff's all backfiring. You know, all this legal stuff is just backfiring against Joe Biden, Mark. Yeah, I, it was incredibly stupid. Uh, he's going to defy the subpoena. He wasn't going to show up. And then he thought, if I just walk in, poke my head in and leave, they can't claim I defied the subpoena because I was there. It's a dumb technicality that uh, no court would ever uh, declare that answering the subpoena. And then I always hear about this Abby Lowell, what a brilliant lawyer he is. Mm. The fact that he was part of this stupid stunt dumb. makes me wonder about how brilliant he is. You're right. Uh, you know, the Trump kids uh, of, of Vanka, I think she did 25 hours in private in the deposition. All right. Uh, Don Jr. did. They all did it. Got to so go. The first one. Mark Simone and Joe Concha, the best of the best. Thanks, kids. I'm Cudlow. Take a break. <laughs> 